0: As we turn to our scripture lesson today, we will be reading from uh, the book of Acts. We'll be reading from Acts chapter 3, verses 1 to 10. Acts 3, 1 to 10. Uh, But before we go to God's word, let's first take a moment to go to God in prayer. Let us pray. Oh Lord, as we come before you today, we ask that you would meet us where we are. We ask that your spirit would be with us as we turn to scripture. The spirit that inspired the writing of these words so many years ago. We ask that same spirit would inspire our hearing and our understanding today. That we might come to know who you are and who you are calling us to be. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Acts chapter 3 beginning at verse 1. Listen to the word of God. One day... Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer at three o'clock in the afternoon. And a man lame from birth was being carried in. People would lay him daily at the gate of the temple called the beautiful gate so that he could ask for alms from those entering the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked them for alms. Peter looked intently at him, as did John. And said, look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver or gold. But what I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. Jumping up, he stood and began to walk and he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. All the people saw him walking and praising God and they recognized him as the one who used to sit and ask for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Lord, as we turn our attention now to reflecting on your word. We ask that your spirit would inspire us, that you would open our ears and our eyes, our minds, our hearts, our lives. We ask you to show us who you are. We ask you to show us who you are calling us to be. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. What I have, I give you. I have no silver or gold, but what I have, I give you. Uh, This passage uh, comes to us as as Peter and John are living on this side of Easter. And they're learning how to be here. They're learning what it means to to follow Jesus on this side of Easter. And as we read this story, we read this passage about uh, Peter's interaction with a man outside the gate of the temple we find something profoundly comforting in these words. And also something deeply challenging. And it all begins to make more sense as we step back and and, and look at what's happening. Look at what's led Peter and John to this moment. Let's actually... Let's start that way. Let's, let's start at the end and work our way back to the comfort and to the challenge. Let's start uh, with what brought Peter and John to this moment. This passage, this is not a traditional passage to read on the Sunday after Easter. Usually we read uh, resurrection appearances. We read about Jesus appearing to the disciples on the road to Emmaus. We read about Jesus appearing to the disciples in the locked room or Jesus appearing to the disciples on the, the, the seashore. We usually read about resurrection appearances. But as you know, as a church, we've spent the last eight months or so studying the Bible together, and we're running out of time. We're, we're getting towards the end of the school year. We need to move ahead to the end of the Bible. We've spent the last five or six weeks on the Gospels, so we can't read those resurrection appearances. They're, they're so important, I guess you're just going to have to do them at home. So we have to move ahead to Acts here together today. And so as we get into Acts, we find Peter and John who are trying their best to learn how to be here on the other side of Easter, uh, trying to figure out what to do with this strange gift they've been given. They, they were called by Jesus. They followed him in his ministry. They saw the, the miracles and the feedings and the healings. They, they watched uh, on, on Good Friday as Jesus was crucified, John much closer than Peter. And then they had that that race we read about last week as they raced one another to get to the tomb when they found it was empty. Then they encountered the risen Christ. They received the, the good news of the gospel that Christ has died, Christ has risen, and Christ will come again. And then Jesus gave them instructions. The same instructions he gave to Mary. Jesus instructed Peter and John to go and tell And they watched as he ascended into heaven and he gave them what we call the great commission as he told them to to go into all nations and to make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then, then they had to figure out how to do it. And we... We come to this passage in Acts as uh, Peter and John are trying to figure out how to follow these instructions, how to to follow this calling, how to live in in some way that responds to this good news with gratitude, a grateful response even. And Peter and John, as they seek to make a grateful response, they begin in a pretty good place. They head to worship. As we open this passage, Peter and John are on their way to the temple for the hour of prayer to to worship God, to give thanks to God, to go to God in prayer. But before they get there, a man interrupts them and asks for help. This was a common occurrence. The passage tells us that this is a place where this this unnamed man seemed to spend a lot of his time asking for help from those who passed by. And it wasn't just general help. He was asking specifically for financial help. alms. He was asking for... He was asking for money, and he was barking up the wrong tree because Peter and John had spent the last three years not working. Peter and John had spent the last three years following Jesus. The Gospels tell us they had had to rely on support from members of the community, and in Acts, we find they had to pool their resources so they could survive. Peter and John do not have money. And so when this man interrupts them and he asks them for money, they have nothing to give. And uh, Peter instructs the man to look at them and we're left to imagine what the tone of voice was. As if Peter was saying, look at us, we clearly have nothing to give you. But Peter tells the man to, to look at them and he then expecting money, hears the first words that come out of Peter's mouth, I have no silver or gold. At which point, this nameless man must have been rather frustrated that Peter was wasting his time. But then Peter continued. said, what I have, I give you. And here's where we find the comforting part of this passage. Peter does not have the money to give to this nameless man. Peter doesn't have what the man requests. It's just not there. Well, let's look at what Peter does have. He has no gold. He has no silver. He has no physical possessions that we can see. Uh, Peter has only time and his own story. That's it. Not exactly what the man had in mind. But Peter says, what I have, I give you. And we watch as uh, Peter gives his gift of time. He gives a gift. He tells his story. Uh, We read the the next few verses. We find Peter goes all the way back talking about the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Peter gives of his time. He gives of his story. And when Peter gives what he has, God takes that little gift that uh, you might even call it a meager offering. God takes that meager offering and then works a miracle. God transforms that little gift and then transforms the life of this man sitting outside the temple. Uh, Peter doesn't have what the man asks for. Peter only has what he has. And what's so comforting about this is it's enough. Uh, God knows who Peter is. God knows what Peter can do. God knows what Peter has. God knows what Peter can give. And when Peter gives only what he has, God takes that gift And it's enough. Whoever you are, whatever you can do, whatever you have, whatever you can give, it's enough. God takes the gifts that you have and can transform them, can bless them, can multiply them, and use them to change the lives of the people around you. This is so comforting because it means exactly who you are at this moment, exactly what you have right now, is enough to bring what you have and who you are to God is enough. And God can use your gifts to transform the lives of the people around you. This is so comforting because whoever you are and whatever you have, it's enough. These words are so comforting, but they're also pretty challenging because God knows who you are. God knows what you can do. God knows what you have and God knows what you can give and God expects you to give it. God calls you to give of those gifts. If what you have is time, God calls you to give of your time and God will use your time to transform lives. If what you have is experience, God calls you to give of your experience. If what you have is a story, God expects you to give of your story. If what you have is prayer, God expects you to give of your prayer. If what you have is art, God calls you to give of your art. If what you have is music, God calls you to give of Your music. If what you have is ability to use technology, God expects you to give of your ability to use technology. If what you have is an ability to teach, God calls you to use your ability to teach. God knows who you are, God knows what you can do, God knows what you have, and God knows what you can give, and God calls you to give what you have. Sometimes what you have is financial resources, God calls you to give of your financial resources. Sometimes all you have is who you are. God calls you to give of who you are. Whatever you have, whoever you are, it's enough. And God calls you to give it. And just as we read Peter's words, what I have, I give. Our calling is to join our voices to Peter and say, what we have, we give. And when we give those gifts, however extravagant or humble they may be, God takes those gifts and transforms them and uses them to transform the lives of the people around us. We know this to be true. We see it in scripture over and over and over again. We know this is true, not only because we see it in scripture, but because we've seen it in our church. We've seen what God does when we bring our gifts. We're doing it right now. That's what this basket is all about. On the fourth Sunday of every month, we give of what we have, and God uses this little offering to feed the people around us. And sometimes it works just like that. I mean, sometimes we give the gift and we can see exactly how God's going to use it. We give the hunger offering and suddenly we find God uses that gift to feed the people in our communities. We, we give backpacks and school supplies and we find that the children in our community have backpacks and school supplies. We find that we give money for a blanket and we find that people need to have blankets. Sometimes we can tell exactly how God's going to use our little gift to transform the lives around us. But sometimes, sometimes God does something completely unexpected. When Peter stops and shares his time in his story, a man is able to walk once more. Sometimes uh, you share a small gift and God does something completely unexpected. Sometimes when uh, 40 or so people gather to spread mulch outside the church, it results in children in our community having access to health care and having access to health resources as we find we're the first stop on the Child Health House Tour. Sometimes you find those dollars you put in the plate end up going to electricity and to keep the roof in good shape and to keep the doors open, and suddenly we find people struggling with addiction in our community have a safe place to come to support groups as we open our doors to support groups battling addiction. You never know how God will take those little gifts and transform them, but when we bring our gifts, God will use them, whatever they are. Because who you are at this moment and what you have right now is enough. And when we say to God, What I have, I give, God will take those gifts and bless them and multiply them and use them to change the lives of the people all around us, even if they happen to be outside the gates of the temple or the church. What I have, I give. Who you are and what you have is enough. Our calling is to join our voice to the voice of Peter as we seek to make a grateful response, as we find ourselves on this side of Easter learning how to be here. Our calling is to bring whatever it is we have. And that's the hardest thing to give. The hardest thing to give is what we have because it's ours. That's what it means for us to have it. We want to hold it. We want to keep it. We want to use it for ourselves. And yet we see in this moment, as Peter gives what he has, God does more with it than Peter could ever imagine. What I have, I give. On this side of Easter, we are called to join our voice to that of Peter as we bring exactly who we are right now, as we bring exactly what we have at this moment, as we bring our gifts to God and watch as God uses them in unexpected ways to change the lives of the world around us. Silver and gold have I none. What I have, I give. Give what you have. Whatever it is, it's enough. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, amen.